for me personally, and I know for most of the attendees, has changed the game for how conferences should be run. So did you know that the five deadly venoms from the Kung Fu flick of 1978 are the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad? I thought not. Just another bit of random trivia as we head to Podcast Junkies, episode number five. All right, so here I am, coming to you live, um, pre-recorded from Los Angeles. This is the first edit intro recap, whatever you call these things, um, that I'm recording from LA, and we just finished a crazy, hectic move, lots uh, to deal with for anyone who's ever had to move, they know it's not fun. But I really can't complain. We landed, headed off to the Coachella Music Festival, which is a favorite of ours. Had a blast. And then back to reality. So getting settled in, getting the podcasts podcasts up and running again. And this episode, we talked to Greg Hickman. Greg uh, is a lover of tech and mobile and old school hip hop and mountain biking and be quite honest, he's somewhat of a renaissance guy. While he dives deep into the importance of mobile and all that sort of stuff, he talks podcast strategy, advertising, um, a recent conference he, he attended in the Philippines that he was quite impressed by. So listen in for those details. And he's not stopping anytime soon. This guy is just on fire. He's going to be rolling out his second podcast, Leaving Corporate, which as of this episode is actually live. All that and more in the show notes, podcastjunkies.com slash five. Enjoy. So my guest today is Greg Hickman. He's the founder of Mobile Mix, a combination web show, blog, resource, and community of awesome mobile marketers. He's the host of the Mobile Mix podcast, and he's had the opportunity to interview some of the most interesting names in the mobile space. With years of experience, we're excited to talk mobile and podcasting today with uh, Greg, and welcome to Podcast Chunkies. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, Greg, um, I think if you ever had to put a resume together of all the stuff that you do, um, I, I don't even know which of your multiple talents you'd probably put at the top. I was trying to, to, to get a grasp oh, for everything you've got on the list. And I've obviously started with uh, entrepreneur, mobile consultant, uh, public speaker. Um, yeah. And then we get into uh, dog lover, foodie, mountain bike yeah. racer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school hip hop head. Like. <laughs> Is it just depending on what day of the week that uh, you kind of figure out what, what hat to wear? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, you know, you got to kind of try to incorporate all of that stuff into what you're doing, right? Yeah. Um, to make it fun. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I've been involved in mobile for since 2005. And, you know, I, I guess now I would consider myself more like the entrepreneurial level, um, you know, since I started Mobile Mixed and, and the podcast and, you know, through that brought the brought the speaking. So, um, yeah, I mean, they all kind of play nicely together, uh, you know, when it, the speaking obviously helps the business podcast helps the business. Yeah. Um, and then the mountain biking and all that stuff is for fun. <laughs> I guess, the, yeah, the, the, you got to have some sort of physical aspect to balance out all the stuff that we do in front of a computer. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's why actually why um, not too long ago I just got a standing desk. Yeah, I wanted <laughs> I'm, to talk about that. Right I, I actually saw your next, next desk post on, yeah, yeah. on uh, Instagram. So I, was yeah, like, I, I made I, a um, note. I was like, I got to ask him about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not at it now, but... It's been awesome. I mean, standing while you're working is like I'm so much more productive. Uh, it's been great. You should definitely, well, should definitely actually, check as, it out. Funny you should mention that I'm actually sp- uh, standing now. So, oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly a standing desk, but it's a kind of makeshift thing. There, but, there you uh, go. I, when I was talking to Chase, I noticed that he he was very like uh, energetic, and I asked him at one point. I said, "Are you standing now?" He's like, "Yeah," and it seemed like he was just more lively, you know. And it's just, oh yeah, it's totally. a certain energy that goes along with that, which is pretty cool. 
Yeah, I love it. And that next desk thing, man, I'll put a link to the to it. But I was looking at some of the videos, man. That's like that shit is straight out of Star Trek, man. Yeah, it's automated. <laughs> it goes up and down. I have it three different heights. Right. I have I have sitting, standing, and I have like a stool level. Okay. Which I hardly never use the the normal the normal seat anymore. It's I'll sit for like forty five minutes and it'll be at the stool level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you program them, and then you just push a button, and it goes to the the pre programmed. Uh, yeah, height. yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do. I mean, there's obviously any height, and then you could set whatever height you want. At, and there's three settings that you can save. Awesome. <laughs> so that's your new shiny toy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what I thought was cool, and, and when you talk about geeking out, you and Michael O'Neill were definitely geeking out on on the bike tech. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was asking you all a bunch of questions, and you were getting into the gear you had. And I think that's what's so awesome about the fact of the podcasts, and when you listen. You know, obviously, you can listen to a ton of shows about just business stuff, but when you want right. to get to know personalities, I think yeah. there's nothing better. You could read about some of the stuff, but the fact that you could just hear hear two guys talking about uh, a topic that they're both passionate about, I think is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I love about his show. It's like so conversational, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's been really successful. Because I mean, people, um, you know, especially kind of in the online entrepreneurial space, they 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 really can tie themselves to the human aspect of it. You know, like the fact that I'm a mountain biker, like a lot of people probably can now relate to me and they can, they're like, Oh, I I, like, I like riding bikes. Like these people actually have lives outside of sitting behind a microphone and and talking to themselves in the room, you know? So, um, I definitely think the way he approaches his show is really unique and that's why it's definitely exploded. It's funny because I started the show, as you can tell by the name, because of the fact that I'm <laughs> podcast junkies. I'm like, right. I counted at one time and had like 30 on my podcast, on my podcatcher, even though I don't like that name. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was like, man, I'm, I'm really into it. And I'm, I'm, I learn so much now from just personalities. It's almost like if I want to learn something, I just find a show where there's a certain personality on the show that I want to get into. Right. You know, they have these guests on that have written these great books. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like it's just you know not as interesting to read about them as it is to hear them hear their voice talk about them even authors you know you, you hear their you see their written word and then you when you hear them on a podcast it's completely different yeah absolutely um, so I think one of the connections we have so you grew up in Jersey you said yeah yeah yeah, yeah so I grew up here in Yonkers um, just north of the Bronx and uh, for most of my life, I've been living in New York. But um, the other thing was your love of uh, old school hip hop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so, so funny. I get so many people that are like, "Oh, I loved, I love the the hip hop stuff in your show," which is funny because um, it was that was the reason why it was tough for me to get on to um, get approved in SoundCloud and uh, and. Yeah. Because uh, you know, and, and actually, if you listen to the show recently, I've kind of phased some of that stuff out because yeah. you know, obviously, I don't have the rights to to, to those songs, um, so it got a little dicey. But yeah, I'm definitely very hip hop influenced from like the beats and everything. Um, so yeah, yeah. So you're a hip hop head too? Well, I like <laughs> hip hop, and I grew up. Um, I'm actually more into electronic music now, so oh, like okay. house, house music. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually I've been DJing for like the past twenty twenty years, twenty plus oh, years. Wow. So I've got you know vinyl, the techniques turntables. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I grew up on Beach Street and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all that old school stuff. And I used, I used to DJ. Right. I used to DJ uh, two nights in the city. And that was all wow. uh, funk. I used to play like all funk and R and B, nice, and nice, all that sort of stuff. So that was really cool. Um, and you know, I grew up with Low End Theory as like one of the best mm-hmm. albums of the of the nineties <laughs> from a hip hop perspective. So yeah. those, you know, when you, it's so funny because you hear those songs and they evoke like a certain memory. Like you can remember like where you were or who you you mm. know who you were dating or hanging out with, and some right. good some good memories, maybe some not so good. Yeah, yeah but they definitely absolutely. like have that power. And that's I'm just fascinated by music. Um, and, and I'm pretty familiar with SoundCloud too, cause I, I post the, the mixes I do now on, on there as well. So mm. it's interesting to see what they're doing, but just, in, so every, you know, everything with me, um, I think has always had a, a musical, um, interest and, and my first podcasts were actually music podcasts, DJ mixes yeah. and stuff. So and I just, and kinda, th- those, those are the podcasts that are actually kind of blowing up too. I mean, yeah. there's like some really good, I don't even remember any of the names of them, unfortunately, but like, you know, there's a lot of just podcasts that are people mixing and, you yeah. know, it's like four hours and it's yeah, just like, listen yeah. to the radio, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. There's a, you know, cause I, uh, I haven't, 
obviously with all this stuff that I'm doing now with starting this podcast, my my production on the uh, uh, mix side has fallen off. I used, I remember at the beginning of 2013, I said, okay, guys, one mix a month on SoundCloud, you know, one hour long mix. And I think after the first two or three, that fell off. And I think it's been <laughs> almost a year since I've done one. <laughs> so, you know, priorities change, but hopefully I want to get back into it because uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, both in I the, wish I could DJ. That'd be awesome. Yeah, both in the mixing <laughs> side and... Uh, and then just just and actually production now too just been trying to make some mm. music too but yeah watching i mean i literally like got into it because i would go to a party and i'd see djs on vinyl and right <laughs> this is so cool and i'm like that's the guy that's controlling this party like literally <laughs> yeah, exactly. like every, everyone is like watching what he does and like he he's like controlling the the rhythm like the ups and downs the flow of the party he wants to slow it down yeah. wants to put a slow jam in there <laughs> right all that and stuff it's was, like and when the party's boring, everyone looks to the DJ. It's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, hey, why is everyone not dancing? It's because you're not playing dance music. <laughs> you got to play stuff that people know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I I've been at tons of parties, and there's there's good sides and bad sides to, the, to that because then you always have the inevitable request for uh, some someone making the random pop song request coming up to the DJ. So. Right. Yeah, I hear you on that one. So yeah, I mean, it's That's cool. Been me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it depends what time of the night is whether they'll they'll uh, entertain your your uh, your request, but it's it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, so when when I looked at uh, Mobile Mixed, uh, one of the things that caught my eye was the fact that you said you guys were on a freaking mission. Yeah, yeah. a freaking mission. <laughs> um, so you know, with with Mobile, I think you mentioned it was on Chris's show. Mobile marketing dates back to two thousand and three, and you've been involved since two thousand and five. Five, yeah. So. Talk, you know, talk a little bit about how you got started. Is, is, it, is it the fact that you just happened to into mobile and grew along with it? Or you just knew from back then that it might be something to latch on to? Yeah. Um, so I got started out of college at a, at a large advertising agency. And um, you know, after being there for two years, my boss actually left and went to a small local uh, promotional marketing company that was doing some some mobile stuff. And um, I really, really liked working with her and was kind of just felt like I was plateauing at, at this agency. And she recruited me to go to this company. And I didn't really know much about what mobile was at the time. Um, but it was a much smaller company. So I was at a company that was like 200 some some odd people in the office I was in, and then they had another office that was like two or three hundred people, and so I left to go work with her again, and that company was seven people. <laughs> um, I'd really wanted to get into a smaller a smaller company, and um, you know they had been doing like text message marketing for a handful of professional sports teams, and you know that's that was kind of my entry into it, and um, you know this was all before you know the iPhone and everything came out, so you know I just saw how um, how engaged fans were specifically, uh, you know, both at the events and just like their interest in receiving information about, you know, what was going on with the teams and things like that. And we did stuff outside of sports too. That was really interesting, but you know, it was really cool just to see, um, the willingness of consumers to want to hear from brands, you know, in such an immediate and personal way. I mean, it's like the device that we have on us at all times. And, um, you know, then when the iPhone came out, I mean, we were doing mobile website stuff before that even came out. They were called WAP sites. Yeah, I remember that. It was like, yeah, it was like mostly like, uh, you know, like text based with a couple little graphics. Um, you know, we'd create ringtones and wallpapers and all that stuff, you know, and that was really cool. And, uh, you know, it's when the iPhone came out and, you know, the browser, you know, Safari was available, you know, it really just changed the game and kind of just seeing how that, that coupled with how people already were interested on like getting information from their phone. It was something that I just thought was going to grow and I really wanted to stay in it. And I, and I did for the most part, um, I kind of took a little detour out of mobile for a little bit with the intention of coming back. Um, which I did come back to. And, you know, I'm really thankful that I did just because it's uh, one, I just think it's an amazing opportunity for pretty much every single business out there. Um, And it's, it's just, I mean, it's fun because it's innovative and it's constantly changing. So it's been exciting. Yeah. I mean, there's no one that doesn't, or at least shouldn't have a mobile strategy at this point. Right. Uh, there's no, shouldn't have. Yes. (laughs) I mean, uh, not everyone does. Um, but you know, it was actually funny. I was uh, I was doing an interview um, 
the other day and the the interviewer was very focused on you know what like how do you have a mobile content strategy how do you have like these these separate mobile strategies and you know it got to the point where it's like the problem is that everyone keeps looking at at this thing as separate yep. when it's really not yeah. you know it's i mean it's one web you know we access the internet on multiple devices it's the same internet it's not different in any way we the intent and the way that we use it is different which i think you need to pay attention to um but i mean it's you know your strategy should be your strategy and then you should think about how your strategy might get affected because you know you might be engaging with someone on a mobile device or a tablet or you know what have you or in the car you know on the car dashboard uh and like having all these separate strategies isn't actually the way to go either. It's just kind of making sure your strategy is is friendly enough that it can work and be effective in all of these different screens and platforms. So um, it, it's just been interesting how it's how it's evolved. Uh, and you know, this this interviewer was just all like super interested <laughs> in like how these things were different. And yeah. I was like, they're not different. Like, stop looking at them as different. Like, that's creating the problem. You know, like the, everyone looks at them as different. So then they they're like, oh, we'll take care of this thing later. When it's really just as much, um, you know, affecting everything that you're doing now. Yeah, it's almost like when you build a a blog or website, you just it has to be responsive. So it can be viewed on mobile, but you don't go about trying to make a mobile website. Yeah, I mean, especially from like an online content marketing perspective. Yeah, I mean, that's not really the goal. Um, you know, when you're like a separate brick and mortar business, there might be benefits to kind of having a slightly different website, but, um, you know, on mobile. But, you know, yeah, I mean, pretty much, you know, as we move forward, you know, your site, your content needs to be viewable from any mobile device. And obviously there's hundreds upon hundreds of different types of mobile devices out there today. So, you know, it's only going to get more complicated. Do you see uh, parallels with what's happening in mobile with what's happening in podcasting? Because I, I mean, it's I, it, podcasting isn't new. And obviously there's the, there's the Adam Carolla's, Mark Marin's and Leo Laporte's of the world who have, you know, uh, Someone called them the four horsemen of podcasting. I'm, I, don't, I don't know who the fourth one would be, yeah. but but I but yeah. So it's not new, but I I see some sort of resurgence, and I think part of it has to do with the fact that it can be more accessible from a mobile space. So do you? Because do do you see or do you just see those things as one and the same, or do you see a, a sort of a rise in that? Uh, I mean, I think. Like I look at podcasting as a mobile channel, okay. Well, just like you know, a mobile, just like mobile web, or just like you know, text message marketing. I mean, um, do you use Libsyn? Yeah. So I mean, a lot of people use Libsyn. Like Libsyn get, put out a report not too long ago that said sixty-two percent of just, all podcasts yeah, saw, yeah, are downloaded from a mobile phone. Which you know, that's just Libsyn recording that. You know, I mean, there's plenty of other places that you know are are downloading um, you know from mobile devices. I mean, Stitcher Radio, uh, you know, announced that. Uh, you know, they're going to be integrated into pretty much every car yeah. interface, you know, in 2015. Um, so, I mean, you can look at that as mobile too. Yeah, it's not on your mobile phone, but yep. I mean, the way that we're consuming that content is in a mobile fashion. Um, so, I mean, I, I look at them as kind of one and the same. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you know, podcasting is super hot right now. Like everyone's talking about it, at least in our space. Yeah. Um, because it's really effective and it's really powerful and it's a really easy, I don't want to say easy. It is a, it is a way to build an audience, um, that, you know, is, I would say predominantly mobile. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I've mentioned this in a, in a previous interview, similar to how everyone, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's getting easier to, for someone to do it. Um, but it's, it's, that doesn't mean that there's going to be, everyone's going to have a quality show. Um, and it's right, right. sort of like the web design, um, the web design 1.0 when everyone is u- using neon fonts and <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of like, um, th- that's actually a really interesting thought because, you know, I see everyone like, Oh, you got to go responsive. You got to have a responsive theme or all these things. And like, everyone's just doing responsive. Like you could say like now a lot of people are doing interview shows or like everyone's like doing yeah. like, uh, interviewing entrepreneurs, you know, things like that. It's like, you know, there's people just replicating what other people are doing. And, you know, there is, there is the, the need to, 
spin it in your own way and bring your own style into it, however that is, you know, and, um, you know, those are the ones that are going to end up being, you know, super successful, whether it's the mobile site or the podcast. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you could have like a a lousy setup, but if you're an engaging personality, then people are going to want to listen to you, even if it sounds like you're talking over a a, a mobile, you know, a phone or something like that. So I I think as long as you love the content. Right. I mean, I think so there's, the interesting part about, I think, podcasting, and I guess you could say this for most of content really is, is, um, you know, it could be educational, it could be entertainment. Um, but I think the podcasts that are really successful are both, uh, you know, like, I I mean, like I've listened to some podcasts that are like purely educational and it's really hard to listen to, you know, like the person's voice is like super (laughs) monotone and like it never changes. And it's like, uh, it's it's painful to listen to yeah. because you know the earbuds are right in my ear. It's like you know, they're right in your head. It's very like intimate. It's so yeah, it is very intimate. And if it's like super boring, then you know it's going to be tough for me to uh, you know to remain a fan. So like getting that mix of you know entertainment plus education, uh, it, it it's a special mix, and I think it's probably a special a different mix for everybody. I, I mean, I think my, when I think of my favorite shows, I mean, one of the top ones, obviously, and the, and the ones that a lot of folks reference is the Joe Rogan show. Um, mm. And I think simply because of the fact that th- there's almost like nothing, there's no, obviously no pre-programmed questions. There's, yeah. n- there's, he lets it go uh, up to three hours in length. Mm. And, you know, when it's an engaging enough conversation or a topic, you really find that it flies by. I mean, I do speed up the audio a bit sometimes mm. just to yeah. get through it. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the majority of them are, are really entertaining. And he's bringing on more and more entertaining guests. So that's kind of like one of my models and one of my podcast heroes, if you will, I think, from an engagement standpoint. Yeah, I actually don't listen to that show um, and I don't really have a reason as to why. Yeah. Uh, I just have so many other podcast that i'm already trying to listen to but yeah i mean it's one i'll probably i'm I'm in i'm in the process of was mentally telling myself that i'm about to start listening to more podcasts outside of my kind of like outside of the online marketing space because i only listen to a couple right now that are outside of that and i just i want to start consuming some things that are that are different just to see what other people are doing yeah, there's some cool ones. Um, there's um, some that obviously, you know, obviously I started out listening to the ones about music. Some like, you know, Joe Rogan, which he, he has personalities. And then I, st- I started getting to more comics. And interestingly mm. enough, you know, that led me to, to listen to Brian Callen. And he actually has a really good co-host that uh, wrote a book um, on the straight A student's conundrum or something like that. So they, they bring mm. in like, uh, they, the guy, they brought in the guy who wrote Guns and Germs and Steel. Which is uh, uh, I've never even heard of that. Yeah, that was a, that's an awesome <laughs> book. Um, Jared Jared Diamond. That was a fantastic fantastic book. I had read it and I was like, oh my god, the guy's on the on the show on a comedy show of all places. So <laughs> I think it's just a matter of broadening your horizon. I mean, broadening your horizons by what you hear other podcast hosts mention. And if you're yeah. and if you're just listening to entrepreneurial shows, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna hear the same twenty names on the same twenty shows, and you're like, oh man, I. At some point, you, you you can almost know what they're going to say in their intro because you've heard them on like 10 other podcasts. Right, shows. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it like, happens. Yeah, it's a challenge. I was looking at uh, some of your, you had a post on your favorite episodes on the, sh- on the show. And I think, um, I think they're Fish Where the Fish Are and how podcasting can be your, your secret mobile marketing weapon, mm. how mobile affects the impact equation. I mean, obviously, that had Chris Brogan, uh, Chris uh, Brogan, and, and John Dumas was on the earlier one. But yeah, yeah. do you think it's a function of, of the, the of the guest you have on, or a combination of the guest and the topic? That for what that, that causes makes it, it successful? Yeah, yeah, that makes it succeed. Or, or um, so I'll answer that question with another question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess you need to kind of really define what, what do you mean by success in that regards? Um, you know, success from like the listener's eyes or success from like the actual podcaster's eyes. So like, it's interesting because my show started out all interviews and you know, around 40 or so it started mixing in more just solo episodes and my solo episodes for the most part do way better than my interviews. Hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I think, I think there's a handful of reasons to why that happens. Um, but like for me, 
actually, let me talk about other people first before I go to me. Um, like for example, uh, my friend, uh, John Dumas, do you yeah. listen to John Dumas? Yeah. So you just mentioned him. Um, a really powerful thing for him, um, is that his guests, a lot of them are on Facebook and Twitter. So like just naturally by interviewing them, they amplify, like if they just mentioned that they were on the show, it's like 100% like amplified marketing. Right. And it used to be, well, what, what what was only, what was what they called the Pat Flynn effect is now the the John Lee Dumas effect or the entrepreneurial effect. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess that if that's what we're calling it now, yeah, sure. Good for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, my, like my audience, the people that I were interviewing, they were not even really on Twitter. So like, you know, I was interviewing them because I was interested in what they had to say. And not that that's not what John's doing or anyone that's interviewing people is like, I, I got more of a benefit from like the virality of it when it wasn't an interview. Um, because sure. it was just, it was really just me sharing it with my audience and, you know, people that were connected to me were sharing it. Whereas like if my guest shared it and, you know, the head of mobile for, you know, 1-800-Flowers who has like, you know, a hundred Twitter followers, <laughs> like that doesn't, that didn't really do much for me in the way of getting it out there. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, that then all came down to how much is the, how much is the listener interested in the head of mobile of 1-800-Flowers? Um, Whereas I think like the entrepreneur, and that's mainly comes down to like mobile is more of a a niche than, um, you know, just more broad, you know, entrepreneurship, which is kind of something that John obviously has going for him. Like he can interview tons of different entrepreneurs. Um, And also the daily aspect of his show is huge. You know, that brings another thing into like, if you're, you know, how you measure success, um, you know, success in iTunes eyes is, is measured by a handful of things. One of which is frequency and, and downloads. And so you have an episode every single day, one, you have frequency and two, there's more episodes to be downloaded. So, you know, it's, it's, he, he, he hit it right on the, on the head, man. I mean, like, the, there was a need for daily podcasts yeah. and nobody else was really doing it, you know, and he, that was, that was like when I said earlier, like you need to have your own spin. Like, yeah, there were other people interviewing entrepreneurs that before John, but the problem he was solving was the daily problem. You know, you yeah, can no, be listening to Pat re- Flynn. And, and, you, yeah, just yeah, uh, almost uh, restri- restricting it to the half hour window as well. You, you could get your daily nugget of entrepreneurial information and, and know that you know, it wouldn't take more than that half an hour um, and you have that every day. Yeah, and actually uh, to an interesting point and one thing I love about what John does and you know when he speaks and I was just with him in the Philippines yeah. and <laughs> you know he made, he made this comment and um, about having like his customer avatar, right? So I think and this is totally my opinion in general, but like, I I think maybe three, four years ago, people that were podcasting then, um, may not have been approaching it from a strategic perspective. It was like entertainment. It was, you know, things like that. Like, you know, for the big brands that were doing it, the big like radio stations, like NPR type stuff, like sponsorship and things like that. But now it's just another marketing channel. Right. And you know, the fact that John, uh, the reason John's show is 27 to 30 minutes long is because his customer avatar is someone who's commuting to work. And yep. like he, his commute was almost 30 minutes. So that's why his goal is to keep it around 30 minutes because he doesn't want people to have to uh, listen and only get like 90% of the conversation and then not be able to listen to the last 10% because they are walking into the office. So yeah. I think you know, a lot of people that are now diving into podcasting are actually diving into it, not just from the fact that it's awesome and it's fun, but if you do it with this kind of strategy in mind of this is actually a place that my customer is spending time, it can become really, really beneficial for your business, which is, I think, why a lot of people are diving in just because a lot more people are downloading podcasts. So it's become a more viable marketing tool, if you will, to communicate with your potential customer. Does that make any sense? No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, um, I think we're going to start, we're going to see just a, a different type of custom consumer of podcasts probably because there are the people who do enjoy sitting 
um, you know, through a one or two or, or three hour a comedy show and and, and yeah. just really are, are in it for the entertainment purposes of it and it ben- i mean the benefit there is you know that you, you get entertained as a consumer but as the host i mean you you build up enough of an audience and you know folks like you know mark maron and, and, and adam mm-hmm. carolla uh, having a resurgence in their careers and where they realize that they don't need uh, you know to, to be on a tv yeah. show the everyone like you need to know your audience like if your audience is the type of audience that's gonna sit there for an hour, great. Then who, then who cares about all the people that say, hey, your show shouldn't be an hour. Yeah. If you know that your core customer is the person that's going to sit there for an hour, then that's fine. Um, you know, and that's probably what they want, right? Um, but again, like to go back to John's example, like he knew that his target customer was someone that was commuting and you know, average commute time is like 30 minutes. So he wanted to make sure it was under 30 minutes. And I think that's, um, there's folks who are trying to like mimic what is looks like it's successful now and they're just you know just see this like carbon copy of like show upon show with slight mm-hmm. variations of like even the use of the word fire i've seen it in a, t- in a couple of podcasts. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's funny and entrepreneur this and entrepreneur that um but there's a point to where you know instead of trying to get like you know your ten thousand, your hundred thousand followers your, your your big number if you've just got your your thousand or even your hundred core diehard fanatic fans who are the ones who listen to every episode who you know give you feedback on every show who you know are are letting you know who they want on the show i think at the end of the day i mean i I think that's what i'm trying to do just get build up a heart the hardcore fans or the true fans because at the end of the day you can't make everybody happy yeah and i think you know and just kind of thinking out loud with you on this one i I think the the challenge then becomes for people like us who are building podcasts who aren't going to get the 400,000 unique downloads a month or yeah. half a million unique downloads a month for whatever reason whether that reason is you know frequency whether that reason is topic um you know we just need to use the podcast in a certain way that will benefit our business. Like, I mean, I have a sponsor, but it's not a big sponsor. And, you know, it's a, a, a sponsor that relates to my audience. Yeah. But like, am I going to be probably generating $30,000 a month from a sponsorship? Probably not. But as long as I'm aware of that, and, you know, I knew that going in that like, you know, from the mobile perspective right now, I'm not going to have the amount of downloads that are required to get some of these big brands. Yeah. I could do smaller media buys and have some sponsorship, which I do do, but, um, you know, which means I, need, I then need to use the podcast to promote other things that could then result in revenue, like my products, my services, you know, things like that, that that's how I'm going to monetize the podcast. And, you know, I think a lot of people jump in maybe or jump. This is again, a total broad, like generic (laughs) statement from my view is, you know, people see the success of like John and Pat Flynn and, you know, those people that are getting so many downloads that are actually generating significant revenue through sponsorship. And they think that, Oh, I'll get a podcast. I'll get this many downloads and I'm going to get sponsors. And it's, it's not that easy, you know, and, and like to get the topic right. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge. And so, you know, if you have like this smaller, uh, niche topic, you need to think about how you can use your podcast in other ways to create revenue versus just banking on this sponsorship model. Right. Yeah, there was um, a stat that John mentioned in one of, in a webinar I was on with him um, that mo- the most podcasts fail um, to make it past episode seven. So really interesting. <laughs> so, Probably because they expect to get like revenue right out of the gates. Yeah, I think they they think that okay, I've got five in in there. How come I'm you know how come um, Hover or, or Ting is not calling me or <laughs> audible yeah, right? or not knocking on my door to, to sponsor the show. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a challenge. And I mean, John will probably be the first to tell you that's like, I mean, sponsorship, um, it's scalable only to a point. I mean, like if you look at John's income reports, I mean, it sort of start, has started to plateau. I mean, like you see the same dollar amount and like, yeah, he can start charging more, which will bump it up a little bit more, but it's going to reach like another plateau. It's not like this exponential growth yeah. because of sponsorship, because 
you know, he has, I think, two or three sponsor, two sponsors in every episode. Yep. You know, if you start adding five sponsors, that's going to totally piss off the audience. Um, you know, so there's this real delicate line with sponsorship and you know it gets when you get it right where john has it which which is probably perfect now it still can only be so much of your revenue and yes tons of people would love to have thirty thousand dollars a month whatever coming through from a sponsorship but you know john needs to never go away for that money to like to sustain right like it's not passive so to speak i mean it's passive like he's generated but he needs to keep producing an episode every single day exactly you know as long as he wants that money to come in and he, and he knows that, I mean, that's why he released products. Like he has podcasters paradise and he's working on webinar on fire. And like, those are things he now actively promotes because that you see has unlimited a ceiling on potential of how much money he could be making, which as demonstrated by his income reports <laughs> is clearly the case. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to watch over the next, uh, the coming year. Um, if, if, t- what you mentioned holds out that the fact that it is a plateau because there's only a certain number of people that he can get into the membership. And, you know, does, does it cap at that before that experience starts to, you know, can get diluted? Um, and oh, you, you mean for his products or well, just in general, like with everything that he's working on, because I think, you know, obviously with the podcast show, like you mentioned, you know, if he goes away, then the, then the, the sponsors go away because he's part of the draw. Right. Absolutely. Well, and also he has to put in the hours to create the actual podcast, you know, I mean, like it's a lot of work to produce an episode a week, you know, not many people have the balls to do that. And, you know, he's a day, a day, sorry, yeah, a day, <laughs> I said a week, yeah, a day. I mean, it's, it's really hard. It's a lot of work and I don't think people realize how much work he puts in and, you know, thankfully, and I'm blessed to have him as a really close friend of mine. Like I don't even know any, like, I don't know anybody really that works as hard as he does. Like yeah. he hustles his face off. He's always cranking and you know, he's reaping the benefits of it. Yeah. He's uh that military background definitely came. <laughs> yeah. Came to yeah, help yeah, yeah. Out. yeah. I try to, I try to draw off of any of that, like any of that kind of experience <laughs> that I can. <laughs> you should, yeah, you it was, uh, I saw some of the stuff on, um, random postings, I think on, instagram from you guys out there so on the philippines yeah that how talk a little bit about that that looked like a lot of fun Uh, i remember hearing chris ducker mention it like now probably half a year ago nine months he was putting it together so it was interesting to see um how it all came about um yeah it was uh actually i'm releasing a post probably right later this evening early tomorrow on kind of my recap of the event and um it's I think the way that he Chris executed that this conference for me personally and I know for most of the attendees has changed the game for how conferences should be run. Um you know like I mean I love going to like the big conferences also like New Media Expo. I mean I got to speak there which is awesome. I'm speaking at Social Media Marketing World next week. I mean I've never been there so I'm really excited for that one. Yeah. Um but like I think it's almost uh not even fair to call tropical think tank, a conference, because it was so much more of an experience, um, than it was just a conference. And, um, you know, kind of like some things that I'm drawing on this post that I'm releasing is that, you know, it, one, it was five or six days, you know, and it was eight speakers, 25 attendees. So it was like super, super intimate. Um, you know, all of the, the attendees got to get a lot of one-on-one time, um, really close and, you know, special attention from the speakers. Uh, you know, we did a mastermind for all the attendees and which I think was probably the coolest day of all of them. Um, watching some of the breakthroughs that some of these, uh, attendees had, uh, mentally in their business, um, realizing what things were holding them back, fears that they had. Uh, it was really, really powerful to see like all these people kind of break through that and, you know, have this, you know, clear vision as to what they need to be doing next in their business. And, um, I mean, the Philippines is my first time in Asia. So, Hmm. uh, you know, Philippines was gorgeous. Uh, we're at this amazing resort. I'm sure you saw some (laughs) of the photos. Like it was, it was an amazing experience. Chris definitely outdid himself. Uh, and you know, I think, you know, every, all of the attendees were still talking like in the private Facebook group. Uh, you know, these people had a chance to build relationships with, with, you know, people like John and Pat and Amy Porterfield and, you know, Chris Ducker and myself and like, you know, 
Natalie Sisson and, and Gideon Shawick and Caleb Wojcik, you know, people that, you know, are most cases difficult to access, yeah. you know, a lot of, and you know, now they're, we're having dinner with all these people every single night, breakfast, lunch, like, yeah. you know, you, you have a lot of chance to like get to know people. So, uh, it was an awesome, awesome experience. It sold out really quick. I remember. Cause I think, I think was, it was like 26 hours or something. Yeah, hours. Cause I was like, well, I mean, it was just obviously the, the logistics of, of flying from the States out there uh, and the timing. Um, mm. but I was, yeah, I almost, um, was able to make it work so that would have been interesting yeah if he does it again i highly recommend anyone <laughs> listening or watching this to uh to go it'll be great so it seems like you're speaking a lot lately <laughs> i <It's> am like, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna see you at um i'll be at um podcast movement oh nice yeah so, yeah, yeah i'll be speaking there I'm, i'll be speaking there and also on a panel there are you speaking more? Is it just, or is, or is it, do you feel like it's, it's picking up and it's just in, in conjunction with the, your, the popularity of the, the podcast and people are actually hearing you on a, on, on a, on a show? Um, a mix of all of those. Uh, it's funny. I was coming out of, uh, new or coming out of social media marketing world, which is next week. I'm not sure when this is going live, but yeah. the end of March, um, I was telling myself, like, I'm not speaking anymore because the first few months have been so hectic. Um, And then, like, podcast movement came up, and that was a cool opportunity because it's the first one. Um, And I'm actually now speaking at a small business conference in uh, Charlotte in October. Uh, I believe I'm speaking at Agents of Change in Maine in September. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so that backfired, first of all. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, it's just... It's it's been a great experience to go to these places, and you know the one of the main draws for me is to just be around more like minded people. Um, you know, I don't live in San Diego, wherever where, where everybody <laughs> what, else. Lives. What is going on over there, man? That is like Podcastopia or something it's like the that. Entrepreneurial online marketer hotbed right now. Well, actually, I guess it would be Podcastlandia. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's just uh, I think my own podcast, the, the topic of mobile, um, and how it relates to, you know, the online marketing space, I think is unique, which draws people to that topic. Um, it's something new, it's something fresh that, you know, people are asking questions about. So, um, my experience there, I think has been helpful in getting some of these speaking arrangements and then, you know, it's the company you keep, right. Uh, you know, through a lot of this stuff, you know, I've been able to become friends with, with Pat and John and Amy and and Chris and all these people and, you know, get to be on their shows, which is where other people hear me. And, you know, it's, it sort of seems like I'm in a lot of places, you know, doing a lot of things, but it's really just because of the people that I've, I'm trying to spend a lot of time with, you know? Yeah. It's, it, it starts to have a domino effect, right? Because they, someone hears you speak and someone that may not have even known who you were. I, I was actually at NMX in uh, January, but I, I, with so many things going on, I, I missed your talk. Yeah. And, yeah, and well, uh, you probably wouldn't have been able to go to it either because they put me in the business track, um, oh, which, yeah. you know, you had to have the special pass for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hear that all the time. <laughs> so. But um, do you feel? I mean, is is the content of what you're presenting changing and evolving as you're going along? You getting feedback on, on what you're what you're pre- presenting? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely evolving. I mean, there's obviously components that have remained the same through certain presentations, um, but you know, I'm definitely adding adding things to it as, as I see opportunity to do so. And, you know, I, I try to make every presentation somewhat shape or form unique. Um, you know, unless I know that the audience hasn't seen one of the previous ones, then, um, you know, I'll probably keep it pretty, pretty dialed in. Cause you know, a lot of people need to know the get started kind of stuff. So yeah. I kind of keep it simple, as simple as I can. Um, but you know, a tropical think tank, I did kind of a, a basic and then this, cause we got to speak twice. Okay. Um, so the first one was sort of basic and the second one was more advanced. Um, so that was a whole new topic that I hadn't really talked about in the past, uh, which was super fun to, you know, to put together. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, 
you've got uh, your work cut out for you for the next the next couple are, are somewhat big. Well, social media marketing world is a pretty big. Yeah, one, yeah, right? that's yeah, yeah that's, that's going to be a big one. And then the event, the small business uh, event in Charlotte, is going to have like five to seven thousand attendees. Whoa! So, uh, I mean, I won't be speaking to all of them, but um, you know, there could be you know four or five hundred in a room listening which will be pretty cool. Do you think it's easier to speak to your peers, like folks in the internet marketing space or people that like have no idea who Greg Hickman is, but he's going to talk about mobile? Um, that's a really good question. I, I would say that uh, the latter would be easier, like in a larger room full of tons of people. Um, and, you know, Tropical Think Tank was the opposite. It was small and like, you know, eight people, seven people were, you know, my friends who were also like top online marketers um, who, yeah, I was, I think I was definitely a little bit more nervous, um, even though some of those people that were there were also sitting in my presentation in New Media Expo. Yeah. But, you know, I think just the the perception of, you know, you're in this smaller room, like you disappoint one person from a percentage wise, that's actually a pretty large, like that, that person is a larger percentage of the whole group, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, you get different opportunities when you have, um, uh, you know, different size audiences, like knowing who was going to be there, like from the attendee perspective, yeah. um, I brought in examples from the audience. So like my presentation had examples from people's businesses that were sitting in the room, nice. which, you know, when you're at one of these larger conferences, you typically don't get connected to the audience in advance like that. Yeah. So like you might have an idea of who's there, but to be able to be like, Hey, Jill and Josh, here's your website. Let's talk about it. Awesome. You know, that's like becomes really, really powerful. And everyone in the room is like, Oh my God, like is my site going to be next or, you know, things like that. And a lot of the presenters actually did that, which was really, really cool. And, I, and again, I don't think you could do that in, you know, a much larger uh, atmosphere. I just thought. I just thought. Right now, we're going to have to put a note that this is a, a part infomercial for Tropical Think Tank too. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, we'll have, sign to tell, up. <laughs> we'll have to tell Chris. But wait, wait till I get my affiliate link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, what's interesting about that approach and just staying on the track of like speaking is um, there was no there was no breakout sessions. I mean, there was no sessions or, or tracks. Sorry, there was no tracks. So every everyone was talking to the same group of people. Yeah, that's um. So in this post, uh, I, I you're gonna have to link to this post. I will <laughs> that I'm writing. I'll send you the link after this. Um, it's basically calling out seven ways or seven things that all conferences should be doing moving forward. Yeah. Um, and I know from like some people do conferences as like the primary point of their business, like a new media expo, uh, but. Single track, man. Single track is where it's at. Uh, you know, uh, I've been to conferences like, if you've ever heard of Big Omaha, um, it's an awesome, awesome, awesome entrepreneurial conference. Um, I've, I've only actually got to go once um, and it, just because of conflict. But if anyone's watching, like, you should definitely try to go to Big Omaha at least once because yeah. it is an amazing conference and it's single track. And just like, uh, you know, just How's like Tropical Think Tank was, uh, it's in. I think it's in like April, March or April. Okay. So it's usually fine. <laughs> I'm actually in Omaha right now. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, and, um, you know, as an attendee, you don't get that feeling of, and I've, I've had this feeling too of crap, two people that I want to see are speaking at the exact same time. Now I need to pick. And, you know, one of them was the reason why I even came here. And, you know, sometimes you don't even find out that they're speaking at the same time until the, you're already at the event, right? Um, so you're making this decision to come because you see five speakers that you want to see, yeah. but you actually can only see three of them because there's conflicts with schedules. So um, it's it's definitely a challenge. I mean, I think for it's a challenge that conference organizers face, um, you know, especially ones that it's their main business. Um, but uh, I think like you're starting to see a lot more of these smaller micro conferences, yeah. you know, pop up like, XOXO. like, think tank. yeah, XOXO, uh, less conf, micro conf, um, you know, uh, I'm not sure how big FinCon is, but, um, you know, all these conferences, like you're starting to see a lot smaller, uh, audiences and single track because there's so much, I, th I think there's so much more value there. Yeah, we're going to see how many how many variations of the word tiny, small, micro people come up with. Yeah, 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 tiny conf, <laughs> mini conf, <laughs> super mini me, yeah. mini conference. Yeah. Um, well, podcast movement is actually going to have four 
track. So that's going to be interesting because I, I heard yeah, him talking about it. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But but I definitely think, and I've been in that situation at conferences where you you just you've you've made an investment to go there, and you're just mm-hmm. like, man, I actually have to pick now um, between these two good great speakers that I want to see. Yeah, and I mean, it's definitely yeah, like I said, it's it's a it's a balance. Uh, for the the organizer, because like for example, the cool thing about Chris's conference was, I mean, it was five days. So like, I mean, all, because one we were traveling to Asia, yeah. But um, you know, that's a time commitment. It's a money commitment. Yep. Um, you know, there's a lot of things tied to that. But you know, if New Media Expo could be seven days long, in order to make it single track, you know, they could sell X day passes, yeah. right? We're like. I could only go, I can only attend three days and then maybe I can see all the speakers that I want, you know, but then, you know, for people that want to attend all of it, then they have to attend a seven day conference, you know, which obviously again, it's like what's more important and who, you know, I guess there's just a lot of challenges there. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, there's a place for both is really the point. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And, um, you'll probably start to see a branching out of folks, you know, uh, migrating more to the type of conference that fits, um, what they're looking for. Right. Yeah. You've also got a new website up for yourself. Yeah. You're doing, uh, I think it's Greg Hickman dot me. Yep. yep. Yeah. And there's a new, there's a new podcast coming out, uh, in mid April for that too. Just for that. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so it seems it's like another, talk about the, the birth of that. Um, and how long that's been in the works. Um, well the concept is the thought of it has always been there. I launched it in December, uh, ish, uh, because, um, in mid December, I quit my full-time job cause I had had a full-time job up until December. Okay. Uh, and, um, I wanted to start capturing the journey of me taking that business full-time and, and really leaving the corporate world, um, and how I was able to do so, uh, because for me, you know, I, as I was getting started with mobile mixed, you know, I'd hear all these people talking about, you know, how they're growing their business, but you kind of miss out a lot on like that, that transitional phase. Like, did they have a business on the side? How were they making money, you know, in those 10 months where they weren't make like where it doesn't seem like they had a job. It doesn't seem like their site was taken off. Like how were they surviving? Because those were the questions I was asking myself. Like yeah. if I leave my job, like how am I gonna, like how am I going to get through these next ten months sort of thing? So I just felt like a lot of podcasts were missing that conversation, and that's actually kind of what my new podcast is all about. It's um, it's called Leaving Corporate, and uh, it's um, kind of the before and after of an entrepreneur. Okay. Um, and it's not always going to be the big name people. It's going to be people that put a plan in place. Um, while they were at their full-time job, they figured out what they wanted to do. They did it on the side and then that enabled them to transition. And then, so, you know, the conversation is going to be how they start that process. And then what does it look like now that they've made this transition? So it's this before and after, which, you know, I've recorded a handful of episodes so far. And I think it's a really interesting concept, uh, that, you know, again, like going back to the, how is this different? You know, I'm, I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, but I'm asking some questions that I don't think have been asked. Okay. And those are the questions that I would have wanted people to ask. So, you know, I'm scratching my own itch, just like John said, there was no podcasts that were daily and he was running out of content. Um, so he scratched his own itch and made a daily podcast. So, uh, I want to help people, uh, through Greg Hickman.me. It's my platform to show how I left and plan to leave my job, um, by building mobile mixed to a certain point, um, and how I continue to grow mobile mixed. Um, and then also kind of help others to, you know, put a plan in place to leave their own corporate job. If that's something that they want to pursue. Sounds uh, definitely promising, and I'll, I'll I'll have to make room on my on my podcast <laughs> app for for that one more show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, a lot of times you hear you hear the entrepreneurial story, but you almost just hear about it like okay, and then um, yeah, you don't hear about that part where they had to figure out the transition. Um, you almost mm-hmm. just hear about like yeah, on, on this date we left the job, and then and then we took off and. But there's a lot that happens in, you know, and I can definitely speak from experience because yeah. I'm like in the transition still right now and I'm not in the venture I want to be full time. Right. Um, so we'll probably, maybe we can talk about that later. But yeah, yeah. 
But um, there's a lot that needs to happen um, from from a bunch of perspectives, and it depends where you are. If you're married, if you have kids, exactly. And we talk about all that. We talk about all that stuff. Um, It's it's you know you'll hear in the first few episodes. It's you know there's some questions that we topics we get on. It's like you know what did your wife think about that? Like what was that conversation like with your wife or you know your husband or what have you? And you know, those aren't always the easy parts. Like, you know, people forget about a lot of those challenges. It wasn't just about, you know, where you make an X amount of dollars a month. It was, uh, did you almost ruin your marriage? Like, you know, <laughs> things like that. Like, I mean, yeah. these are things that people need to, to think about, you know, and, and I, and I know because, um, you know, me working my nine to five and then working all night long on mobile mix, like that put a strain on my own relationship. So like I saw what that did. So, you know, I didn't really see people talking about that and the business. So it's, it's the lifestyle we talk about, we talk about, you know, how they manage their time because it was limited without, you know, destroying some of these other or, or destroying some of these relationships that they had. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a conversation that really hasn't been focused on. I'm sure people have covered it a little bit here and there, but it's not just business. It's, you know, were you running yourself ragged? You know, like yeah. those sorts of conversations, which is definitely happens to people. They get, that's why some podcasts only have seven episodes because, you know, <laughs> though their wife is going to kill them or their husband's going to kill them yeah. if they keep going, you know, and I want to help make sure that people have a plan to continue and not have those other things happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't think of, um, uh, anything that talks about that specifically. I know, um, you know, Michael does solopreneur and he, and he, mm-hmm. uh, talk, makes a big deal about being, um, proudly unemployable. Yeah. Um, so Which I yeah, am, yeah, I think, um, you know, you're adding another niche to it. Um, and that's the thing, like, I, I mean, I don't want to be employable, but I am, I mean, yeah. <laughs> if, and you know, and I'm, and I'm proud that I'm doing my own thing, but I mean, I came from a corporate world. I can't yeah. deny that. Like, yeah. I, and I was employable all those years, you know, I mean, so yeah, I'm probably unemployable now, but how did I get to that? Yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, which I think again is like, I don't, he doesn't dive too much into that at least right now. And I mean, I'm a huge fan of his show. I was on his show obviously. <laughs> um, and you know, I definitely don't think I'm competing with his show in any way. I think if anything, it'll be, you know, a nice compliment. Yeah. And like you said, if you bring enough of the interesting guests that have, um, that talk about those topics, I think that's that's what'll resonate. I, I, rem- I remember even hearing the, the the some of the episodes of Pat Flynn that stand out was when you he somewhat alluded to the fact that he was having an argument with his wife about something. And I was yeah. Like, ah, okay. So it wasn't all roses and. <laughs> yeah, one of the fir- one of the first guests um, is a guy who used to work at ClickBank, who now is a self published children's book author. Okay. <laughs> you know, I mean. You know, most people probably wouldn't have heard of this guy. His name is Bo Blackwell. He's an awesome guy. lives lives in Denver. Um, you know, it's like people like that too. It's like you know, it's not always going to be you know, the Pat Flynn or the Amy Porterfield, yeah. right? Yeah, they've got uh, enough of an audience, I think, with <laughs> their popularity. So, um, so yeah, we'll we'll uh, wrap it up. I'm sure we could chat on a whole bunch of other topics we'll save that <laughs> we'll save that for when um i, I move to the west coast and i, and I have yeah, yeah. the uh the studio and you can come in in, in into the studio and yeah, yeah continue that conversation with a drink in our hands oh yeah um so something i've been thinking about you know just in terms of talking to folks and just not having them like you know push what they're working on or, or their latest podcast or you know mm-hmm. how they got to where they got to i was thinking about a a, a, a question that resonated with me um so, Greg, if someone asked you, like, why do you, why do you do what you do? You know, what, <laughs> what would you say uh, is the what, what, when I ask that question, what, what comes to mind? Why do I do what I do? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's multiple reasons. Um, one, I think small business owners that use mobile um, can actually change their business for the positive. Uh, you know, compared to some other tactics that they might be using right now that, you know, aren't getting them the results that they need. Um, so I, I like the, I very much enjoy the fulfillment that comes out of having someone email me back and say, Hey, I implemented what you told me and I just made an extra $10,000, you know, like, like things like that are really, really, uh, 
you know, rewarding. Um, and I think those are like to create those opportunities and to create those conversations is, is exactly why I do it. And, you know, the leaving corporate side of it, it's going to be, you know, the same thing, but for a different topic. Like if I can show someone, um, how to build their own business and put a plan in place so that they can leave their corporate job to pursue something that they really want to do, um, and do it in a way that they feel comfortable doing versus getting fired or, you know, just taking a leap with no safety net, uh, and then they come back and they're like, oh my God, like, thank you so much for helping me. That's why I'm doing it because I've, I had people helping me get there yeah. and I want to help more people do the same thing. Sounds good, man. It seems like you're still enjoying what you're doing. Absolutely. I'm just getting started, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, Greg, thanks so much for making time, man. I know you're super thank busy you. guy. You're, you're world traveling. Yeah, Greg now Hickman I guess. Now. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But, um, but thank you. Now it's my pleasure. What's uh, what's the best way for folks to, to, to keep tracks of what you, of what you're doing? Yeah, uh, I would say at this point, um, Greg Hickman dot me. Okay. Uh, I'm talking about pretty much everything there. Uh, if you're interested in mobile, obviously mobilemixed.com. So okay, awesome. Those are the two. All right, thanks, Greg. Awesome, man. Thanks. Take care. Always a good conversation with Greg. I've had a couple of follow-ups with him, and he's really solid and really entertaining. He's, As you can tell by everything that was covered, he's got a lot going on, and he's not stopping anytime soon. So a ton, a ton of information, links, um, books, podcasts, products, all that stuff we covered, um, a lot of good stuff. I, I detailed as much as I could. And that's in the show notes, podcastjunkies.com slash five. And let me know what you think. Um, I'm trying to put together a show that is useful and is entertaining at the same time. So I'm going to definitely be listening to the feedback. If you've got comments, let me know. Send me an email. Um, all that is, uh, all those links are there in the show notes as well. Feedback at podcastjunkies.com or just uh, comment on the show notes page uh, in that section below. But I really, really uh, sound like a broken record, but I want to uh, get your feedback and tailor the upcoming shows to what you want to hear. Because at the end of the day, if I don't have an audience, then I'm just talking to myself. And that's probably a reason for me to be admitted somewhere where they admit people that talk to themselves. So... (laughs) Uh, so anyway, guys, um, I'm talking to a lot of folks that are doing launch related activities. So that's one of the ideas I've had, um, rolling around in my head to start uh, pointing out some of the strategies that, uh, these, these, um, guests have because they all, they're all successful and they're all doing a great job. And I think there's something to learn from each and every one of them. So, um, that's something I'm thinking about and something I'll be covering, but, um, let me also know what new podcasts you're listening to because uh, it feels like every week there's new stuff um, come, coming uh, on board and it's hard to keep up. But at the same time, what I found is that it forces you to, to keep your podcast list pretty clean because at the end of the day, you see this full list of podcasts and then you realize, you know what, I'm not going to listen to that show ever. Um, so, and I'm not going to listen to those episodes. So, uh, one that I thought was pretty cool was um, Republic and Empire. It's a continuing history podcast, and it's looking at the causes and the events of the French Revolution. I know that sounds incredibly boring, <laughs> but it's a it's similar to the um, now I'm going to forget it the uh, hardcore history. Uh, podcast. So it's just 20, 20 minute snippets. So, and if you listen to it at double time, that's 10 minutes. Um, and I always wanted to learn a little bit more about the uh, French and American Revolution. And so I figure I, I, I catch a couple of those when I have some, um, some time and it's, I learn something at the same time as well. So I think that's always cool. So let me know what you are listening to and what you just found and what you found this, uh, this week or, or uh, last that you thought was pretty cool. All right, guys. Uh, next week, we have the one and only John Lee Dumas, who stopped by uh, for a quick interview. 
and that's entertaining. Um, you might notice a change in style uh, because um, mixing it up um, and trying to make things a, a little uh, less formal and more conversational. So I hope you like it and I look forward to bringing you that as well. As far as the outro music, this week we have Smart Black Kid, a.k.a. Haki Alakan, <laughs> George slash Cedar and Soil, really uh, does a great job of combing uh, the SoundClouds and the band camps and uh, comes up with these fantastic uh, indie artists. This guy's apparently killing it. He's put out 10 albums in the past, I think, uh, 10 months. That's pretty sick. Read the recap in the show notes that Cedar and Soil put together about Smart Black Kid. But the song we picked for this episode is Free Thought, and that's from his forthcoming Best Of album due later this year. Enjoy. Free. 